Hello, 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 it's David. Howdy, it's Andrew. What's going on, it's Matthew. All right, we're back again. We have added Matthew to the party. Matthew is Andrew's brother. And today we are talking about how I met your mother. Uh, we're going to approach it a little differently. Uh, me and Matthew are pretty big fans. I would say Matthew's a lot bigger activist on that front than I am. Um, and Andrew has seen some, but doesn't follow it quite as much. So we're going to give him our two favorite episodes. And he is going to kind of play the middleman and figure out which one he thinks is the best How I Met Your Mother episode between those two. There's way too many to really narrow it down, but we're going to do the best we can. All right. So I think you want to say some. Run through this and uh, give me, what is your pick? Tell me your pick. My pick? And then I'll give All you, right. and then I want Matthew to give me his pick and then I want to give you, I'll give you my general reactions to both episodes. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. So I am going with season six, episode two, I believe it is. Episode four, it's Subway Wars. So, Subway Wars, to me, is a great episode. For one, it's a little bit deeper into the whole story. It's season six, so you've kind of already got a development of all the characters. They're uh, pretty well fleshed out, but they're always still constantly changing, which is like one of my favorite things about the show nobody feels stagnant everybody feels like they're constantly progression at progressing as a character um and in this one i like that you really get deep stories for all the characters it doesn't seem heavily focused on any particular character uh which are my favorite ones for sure is when everybody's kind of together and also getting to have their own spotlight moments. Um, I also like how this episode plays with time, uh, which is one of my other favorite things about How I Met Your Mother. So really they do, yeah, they're, they're so good at playing with time. Um, obviously, it's a whole story about him recanting a story about how he met his children's mother to them. And within every story that they're telling they have good little divergent time jump spots where he's filling in blanks and maybe you miss something and he's got to jump back to it and fill in a blank again so you really get jumped around on different story points uh which makes just the storytelling so much better in my opinion um but kind of just gonna head and break down kind of what happens in the episode if you're not really familiar with how i met your mother and I mean, it's a great story i think we're going to break down a little bit more about the the whole plot line of everything how it runs but i mean it's great it's great it follows um five friends yeah, five. five friends it was kind of like a follow-up to the show friends um they kind of filled in that gap when friends was going off the air uh, as like another friend focused uh, storyline, they kind of advance the maturity. They're not meeting in a I coffee the, shop. They're meeting in a bar. Question: I'll throw this out there, they do throw a couple jabs at friends in some episodes. They absolutely so are. The, the rivalry's there, and it's hilarious how they kind of 
work that in. Did but. you guys know that uh, How I Met Your Mother was based off the two writers' lives? Yeah. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, and then it was Craig Thomas is supposed to be um, Marshall, and then his wife is supposed to be Lily. Yes. And then Carter I didn't know Bays it went that deep, Ted. but I know that they it's did based off of base a lot of it off of. Also, McLaren's Pub is based off the bar that they always went to in New York. I've the actually writers. been to it. I've actually been to it. Yeah, it's actually it's a really cool spot. That's right. Um, if you ever get a chance to go, I can't remember the name of it. It's not Axis and Clarence, but it's no, something it's similar, similar, right? It is. It's something. It has that same kind of vibe to it. Is it like down the steps, kind of like no, it, you see it in the no, show? It's, oh, it's like, like street level. Yeah, it's okay. a two-story building, but uh, it's a really cool spot. Above it. Yep. Damn. That'd be sick to live in that. No, if you ever get a chance it. to go, um, you should definitely check it out because if you're an avid viewer of the show, it's just one of those things. You're like, I gotta check that out. So. All right, so before I dive in too deep, I wanted to list off some of my kind of like runner-up episodes. But um, so I got a couple here that I listed. Desperation Day, I think is hilarious. It's my birthday. It's Well, for one, it's Matthew's birthday. Yeah. Um, it's the day before Valentine's Day. Not going to go too deep into that. But it's Desperation Day, coined it. So many good coined phrases and like things that everybody's probably thought of at some point, but they get a name um, in How I Met Your Mother, and it's just great. Um, I think Matchmaker was a really good one. It really set the bar for the show. Uh, the Limo, you get to meet uh, Rajit. Ranjit. Yeah. Ranjit. You get to meet Ranjit. It's great. Um, I think that's the New Year's Eve episode, if I'm not mistaken. It is. got to take that back. Ranjit is in the very first episode. In the... In the he's, um, the he's the cab driver in the first episode. Cab driver, and yeah, then he, and then he switches he, to the he limo. upgrades to the limo, so he's moving up in life. There you go. Yeah, hey, he like I said before, every character gets the progression. <laughs> um, nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m., for one, that is just a life lesson to live by. Actually, I was in my car earlier today and I was listening um, to the new Ed Sheeran song. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Bad Habits. Bad Habits. And it's got a line. He doesn't say it verbatim, but it's got a line in it. And it says, nothing happens after 2 a.m. And he's talking about having bad habits. You know he 100% took that from How I Met Your Mother. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. is just... A good motto to live by. <laughs> go to sleep. Just go to sleep. It's a good song. It's a good song. It was a good song. It's very catchy. Um, Ted Mosby, Architect. I really like that one. I couldn't do that as my pick because I don't think it shows enough of the group, really, the dynamic. But I thought it was hilarious, again, how they play with time and how they play with perception. So they're telling you a story and you're seeing it from a perspective and then they pretty much just wipe the slate clean and give you like a great twist reveal. Um, so definitely watch that episode if you haven't. That's a good one. Scene opens up. They're in McLaren's, of course. Barney is walking over to the group and he spots this girl at the bar. And he's like, man, I, I'm, I'm really looking at this girl's face. And Lillian and everybody's like, that's, that's actually kind of sweet, Barney. Like, I, I, you never talk about women like this, basically. Um, he's like, yeah, I cannot stop looking at her face. Like, 
her cheeks are puffy, her mascara's running, like, it's like, she's obviously been crying, like, does anybody got a condom? And they're like, oh, Barney, like, right back, snaps Barney right back. And then, not to ruin the whole story, but, like, you think that's just a throwaway intro, not that important, just kind of showcasing, like, Barney's funny side, um, but also, like, his misogynistic, like, hookup with women's side. And then you get a call back to that literally later in this same episode. And it's great, great, great writing. Um, so then you go from that. They're all sitting there. Marshall brings up his friend from law school who texts him that he's eating at some steakhouse downtown. And they need to go because he saw Woody Allen. So they're all like we it's not that's not a big deal like we're we live in new york like you see celebrities we've all seen woody allen they're making fun of robin for, for being canadian and not being a real new yorker um because she like wants to go and see woody allen and then marsh or uh, barney walks back up and they're like you believe robin she like wants to go all the way downtown because she wants to see woody allen he's like why would i do that i'll just see him wednesday on poker <laughs> um and so they're just picking on her telling her she's not a real new yorker and then they give her like this list of things like each of them list off something that you're not a real new yorker uh one being until you've stolen a cab from somebody who needs it more than you two until you cried on a subway and not cared who sees you and three until you've killed a roach with your bare hands until you do all of these things you're not a real new yorker um, and so Robin's already feeling like crap. They're like adding on to it, uh, not knowing that she's having like this hard time at work or whatever. But then we kind of get into our story. They all are like naming out like even if we were to go, this would be the best way to get there, like the fastest route or the easiest route, the best way. And they all argue and they can't decide, even though they're all New Yorkers and they're bragging about being New Yorkers. They're all trying to say that they know New York better than all the others so they're all kind of like getting excited about going and proving that their route is the fastest so they all split up they all take off in different directions um and they're going through the subway their uh marshall is convinced he can run um and get there before anybody else uh and then all of this stuff is like setting you up for how the episode is going to play out. Barney, of course, has some secret plan of how he's going to get there. He's like, I'll, I'll beat y'all there and I'll like stop and have a steak first and I'll still beat you there. Uh, so they all split up. They all going on different, uh, different directions. Barney's like half running at the beginning and then all of a sudden like turns into a restaurant and immediately stops and is like, Hey, can I have a table? I'd like to order a steak. No rush, no rush. Just take your time. And so there, you see them all splitting up. And then you start getting into my favorite part of this episode of how everybody gets their spotlight moment. It starts breaking it down of how every different character needed to win that race to prove something to themselves. Uh, so basically, everybody needed to win that day. Um, you see Lily's breakdown. She really needed a win because she's struggling to get pregnant. This is six seasons in. 
Uh, Marsha and Lily do not have any kids at this point, and now they've started deciding that they're going to go ahead and start trying to have kids. They've been trying, but only for like two months, um, and they haven't gotten pregnant yet. And she's feeling a lot of pressure because she thinks that Marshall has bragged so much about how the Erickson family is very fertile, and it, she's thinking it has to be her fault that they're not pregnant and that Marshall's going to be mad at her. Uh, for for whatever reason, where I think it was his dad as well. He had mentioned something about uh, the Erickson sperm is so strong that they got two tails, two and, a tails and a drill bit for a head. <laughs> um, so yeah, good callbacks to previous seasons and previous episodes, um, laying the foundation for all of that. And then like she's having this struggle, so she's really trying to get this win, basically just to like make herself feel better about her struggles to get pregnant. Um, then you are still, you're jumping around a lot and you're seeing everybody in their different, uh, like areas of their race. Um, you get to, uh, Ted, Ted is decided to take a bus. He thinks that's the fastest route. So he's on the bus. It's super funny. Cause like in the bar, they're talking. Barney said that he never takes the bus because every bus has some crazy person on it. So Ted's on the bus and he's constantly talking to everybody on the bus about different architecture around the around the town that they keep passing and everybody keeps getting up from the seat and leaving um sitting beside ted until eventually towards the end of the episode like literally the entire bus is sitting on the opposite side of the bus and ted is sitting on one side all by himself um but he he thinks he needs to win the race because he found out about a website where you can grade your teacher. And Ted is a teacher at a university for architecture. He found this website and he had all of these raving reviews, like five-star reviews. And then he had one review that said he was boring. And now he's on the bus trying to talk to all these random people about architecture. And they keep on getting up away from this, uh, the seat or falling asleep on him. So he's like emphasizing this point that he's boring. Dealing with that, she doesn't feel like she belongs in New York anymore. She's getting overshadowed at work by the new girl who came in. Um, I don't remember her name. Vicky. Vicky. That's uh, not correct. Her name is Becky. 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 And you call so, yourself a fan of this show. Right. You're the biggest <laughs> fan. You don't even know her name. Um, but she basically had like a bad relationship with a, a ex uh, co-host. Now the new co-host has come in and she's like completely taken over the show, like literally eclipsing her. They put her face on a sun that basically covers up Robin on the screen. It's so funny. That actually eclipses her. It actually eclipses her. Um, and um, so she really is like struggling with the whole being a New Yorker. They're like adding on to it at the bar, uh, not really noticing. At some point... They. This is the my least favorite part of this episode. At some point, they all end up at the same spot. They all ran to the same spot from different directions. And then they all take off in completely opposite directions. And it's like, do they got to be close at this point. This is towards the end of the episode. They got to be close to this restaurant. And they meet at some random corner. 
all coming from different directions and all leaving in different directions. And that is just frustrating. Because I'm like, at this point, they need to all be going in the same direction. The restaurant's got to be close by. But they keep going. You see Barney. He says he needed a win. And they're like instantly like, never mind. Barney didn't need a win. He didn't need a win at all. Like, <laughs> he, uh... He starts ranting on previously about like how he smells great and his job's great. He's got all this money. He's hooking up with people, like typical Barney stuff. Um, and he's like at this point on the back of a pedicab, and, it, and the pedicab's not going fast enough, so it makes the pedicab sit in the back, and he starts driving the car um, through like all the traffic and stuff. Uh, and then one of my favorite parts, and this is also why this episode is pretty special for me, too, uh, because it's one of the episodes where they do a lot of music stuff, uh, especially for Marshall. Um, so they do a whole lot of Marshall music stuff, and it's Marshall versus the Machines, which isn't the only time it's ever mentioned. He does this Marshall against the Machines stuff more than one time on the show. And it's like a Western vibe song, and it's freaking hilarious. Um, and you see it broken down in two different spots. So he first off, you start off, he's Marshall versus the Machines, and it's just pretty basic. Then you get all the times that Marshall's conquered the Machines, and he's beaten the Machines. And you get all these flashbacks to his childhood of how he like is winning video games and stuff, uh, and he's beating all the Machines. And then later in the episode... He's running. He's feeling good. He's like three, four miles in. Then he's coming up on like the last like five, six, seven miles. And he's struggling. He's like, I can't beat the machines. I can't I can't outrun anything. And you see this whole other Western style song. And he's uh, talking about all the times he's lost to the machine. And how he like gets bit by the, uh, the cord when he's trying to plug in like the DVR or whatever. The VCR or something. So you get all of these callbacks and song stuff, which is some of my favorite stuff. Uh, and then him and Ted uh, end up meeting up on their path. And Marshall's basically telling him, like, I can't outrun these machines. Like, he tells him, like, the reason he's struggling is because he can't get his wife pregnant. Lily's having her own struggles by not being able to get pregnant. Now Marshall is confessing he's struggling with it. He's trying to outrun these machines to prove that his body can still like handle this stuff and that he should be able to get his wife pregnant. Um, and then, and then they like run up, uh, he passes out or he like faints for a second and then he wakes up and this calculator, this giant calculator is like standing over. He's like, the machines have taken over. And it's just a man like dressed up in like a, uh, calculator outfit, handing out flyers for some business. Uh, it's freaking hilarious. But then you get back to Ted, uh, and Ted is now on the bus. Everybody's on the opposite side. He's like... Yeah, so if you don't notice the crazy person on the bus, you are the crazy person on the bus. Um, and then you get all the way down to Marshall and Lily are in a cab together. Rajiv's done picked up Lily. Lily's done picked up Marshall. And they start having this like conversation. They basically admit to each other that they're struggling with this whole pregnancy thing. It's only been two months. They're trying, but they shouldn't like feel the pressure. If it happens, when it happens, it happens. 
type of stuff. They basically just comfort each other and they decide they don't need the win that bad. What they really need is just to kind of get away and clear their mind. So they start listing off all these bucket list items. And Lily's like, there are cradle list items. Like we're going to do all of these things before the cradle. Uh, they talk about wanting to go back to Paris, uh, which they we saw them in Paris in a flashback. You get to down to Ted, Mar- or Ted, Barney, and Robin. And they're like all about to make a break for the uh, the restaurant. Um, what was the what was his friend's name? Max. Max is like standing outside of the the restaurant waiting for him, and they're all like sprinting and running. And then you just see Barney tackle Ted out of nowhere. Uh, looks like he trips, but you can see like he tackles him. And then Robin runs up to Max. And it's like, I won, I won. And she's like feeling like a New Yorker. Uh, in the midst of her trip, she's on the subway, bawling her eyes out because she's still struggling with all this New Yorker stuff. She sees a poster on the subway. It's her and her ex co-host that broke up. She rips it off behind it. Or no, she rips off the picture with Becky, her new co-host, is literally eclipsing her with her face on a sun. And then rips that down and it's her ex. And she like has a mental breakdown and is like crying on the subway. Can't handle it. Uh, she got to the subway by jumping in somebody's cab. Still in their cab right from under them. So she's there. And she's already knocked off two of the items from the real New Yorker. Um, stole the cab. Cried on the subway. And she gets there. You see... Ted looking at Barney all suspiciously, but like not wanting to say anything. And then he basically tells Barney later, he's like, I know what you did. Like you tackled me um, so that Robin could win. It's like, I didn't do it. He won't confess to it. Um, And then basically you see in a slow-mo, Barney notices Robin's face. She had the puffy cheeks and the mascara and she had been crying and he felt bad for her. Barney's in love with Robin anyway, but just as a good friend. So he wanted her to win. So he tackles Ted, but he won't admit to it. Um, and then Robin's in the restaurant at the end. She's eating uh, her steak with Max and a cockroach crawls across the table. She slaps it. And then she like looks up like, oh, shit, I just did all three of the items. I'm a real New Yorker. And she asked him to, where was Woody Allen? And then Woody Allen turns around and it's Mari. And this whole episode, Mari has literally been in the background of every scene. Like, he's literally been all over this town. Like, on the bus, on random stoops, in the subway. He's literally been everywhere that all five characters have been in this entire episode and he's sitting at the restaurant and the guy and Max mistook uh Maury uh the TV show guy the like Maury Povich. So people, people don't know who Maury Povich is. Maury, Maury Povich. Povich has got his own reality TV show where you he does Maury DNA Povich. where he does his DNA <laughs> You test. are not the father. <laughs> so that's Maury you know Povich. It's a Maury. That baby they're, don't they're look camera, like me. Their cameramen are chasing down the moms and stuff like that in the back hallways, and they're literally. It should be. An they're Olympic, doing backflips. It should stuff. be an Olympic sport. It, it is incredible. They, hey, Honestly, Maury, that baby don't look like me. <laughs> the only episode of Maury I see, there were two dudes playing basketball for the rights to be the father. So the rights to be the yeah, dad. So that's, that's the craziest. So those stuff were I've good dads. Seen. Most of them are on there like. <laughs> 
I don't want nothing to do with this baby. If that ain't my baby, I'm out. Those guys are like, I don't even want a DNA test. Whoever wins the game is the dad. Like, they don't even care. But no, that's just the funniest thing. It's like he's literally in the background of every scene of this whole episode. And he's sitting at the restaurant. Um, And they're like, it wouldn't be a few more months or whatever until Robin saw uh, Woody Allen. But... She, like, at that point, she already felt like a real New Yorker. She was basically over her stuff, didn't want to leave the city anymore, and basically felt like she belonged. Um, but that pretty much wraps up the episode. So I think it really showcases all the characters, got a lot of depth to it. They've already built their, like, arc um, to a pretty good spot. And you get to see everybody. There's a lot of narration. Bob Saget's narration is prevalent throughout. Um, more so than a lot of the episodes that I've noticed, uh, where you do get a lot of storytelling throughout, um, but a lot of it is just like plot story, uh, where in this one, there's literally a lot of narration on top of the story itself. Uh, but yeah, that's my pick. So Maury Povich popping up is probably by far the funniest parts of every episode, because... He's on the bus and Robin dives onto the bus and she's just like, idiot. He's got so his yeah, uh, fedora yeah. hat on in some he of them. He walks out of the electronic store and Marshall's freaking out. He's, like, he's how, how is he literally everywhere? They're well, like, yeah, you see Mari At Povich. the beginning of the show, they was like, uh, Robin's like, oh, you know, I saw Maury Povich. And they're like, oh, Maury Povich is everywhere. Everyone's seen Maury Povich. And yeah. like, he literally is everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's what they the were show. saying. Yeah. They were basically so. saying like how seeing Woody Alley wasn't a big deal. She's like, there's celebrities all over she's like I did see one celebrity and she's like Maury Povich and he's like everybody sees Maury Povich he's literally everywhere alright that's a solid episode it's it's a good one it's uh it's one of my favorite ones from the later seasons yeah um I like I like it being in a later episode or later season where the development of the characters are there I strongly think some of the earlier seasons had very very good writing Obviously, you don't make it to six seasons if your writing is crap in the first two or three, you know. Um, but I, I wanted to do something with some depth that really showcased all of the characters. If you're a first-time viewer, I think this is a strong episode to, like, give you background on all characters with spotlight on each. No arguments here? I'm pretty sure I got the best episode. Well, um, let me... What did you think? Drew, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was entertaining, but I didn't think it was funny. And I will go ahead and tell you that I don't think the show in general is funny. You and just I know, have a nerve. And I know that it hits a nerve for both of you guys. And there's shows that I probably watch that you guys don't think it's funny, which is fine. This is my opinion, but... Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> and your what, what show would you put over How I Met Your Mother? Well, I mean... How I Met Your Mother is just like a cheap knockoff of like Seinfeld or like Friends to me. Cheap knockoff. How I Met Your Mother is so much better than Friends. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. We're not getting I mean, into that Friends is, today. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I don't That's mean. Friends is, Friends is just one of those episode. shows. Friends is just one of those episodes you just kind of like you watch over and over. I mean, it's kind of like a cheap knockoff of Seinfeld, I guess you could say. Because Seinfeld, there's, there's been so many shows that do the exact same thing where you have five friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of like. It's Seinfeld been done. But it's been done. The but first ones. It's been done. It's like sure. I feel like, um, and Friends and Seinfeld came around the same time. So I don't know if you can really like Seinfeld's one hundred percent better than Friends. 
a thousand percent better than friends but how i met your mother in my opinion it's just kind of one of those things where it's like oh it's been done before it's successful let's just do it again it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of like it's the the whole friends hanging out in a bar Okay, they hang out at Jerry's house all the time. Yeah. They hang out in the, the coffee shop. They hang out at the coffee shop in Friends. It's kind of yeah. like, it's just the same story, but with different people. That's exactly how I think For of sure. How I Met Your Mother. That's the whole point of the stories is to build characters. But it's not, but, I, but I'm trying to say yeah, that it doesn't feel original. It feels like it's it's the same, it's well, the same they're, story. They're it's, it's the same story. It's the same, it's the same five friends creating their own stories, just like a different different script different actors yeah that's how i feel about the show but us three hanging out is no different than a different group of three people hanging out but our story is completely well different. if i wanted to see us hanging out i would just call you two and go hang out i don't need to see it three times on a tv show to go and watch it i mean i mean give me something original but i mean now i'm the type of person i like american dad i like bob's burger so maybe my judgment's not great those shows <laughs> I, those are fire those are, those are fire they're great say, shows i will but. say my pick wasn't what I would consider the funniest episode of How I Met Your Mother. That's not the direction I took. Oh, I didn't laugh. I took I took an episode that I thought had a lot. You want me to be honest? I'm being yeah, honest. absolutely, absolutely. I didn't laugh one time. Honesty is key. I wasn't picking what I thought was the funniest episode. I think it's the best episode to kind of showcase the characters, and every character gets like. A highlight moment. Now, I'm not trying to crash on the show because I know, like I said, I know Matthew, That's my brother. I know he here. likes it. I know he likes it. And I'm not trying to crash on it, but I'm just I'm here to give my opinion. Honestly, I think Callie likes it more now. Like she, she loves that show. She puts it on every night. Me and Matthew worry. know your opinion of how much your mother isn't the strongest, which is why you're in the middle kind of hosting this thing yeah uh, but matthew we need to get into your episode we don't want to run way too too long um but do you want to give us some show points yeah well um, i'll just ask you some questions and see if you know them if you see oh how well gosh. you know the show okay who was originally do you guys know who originally auditioned to play barney oh uh, yeah sheldon cooper Sheldon Cooper, that is true. Jim Parsons. Yeah. And also, Which I am Han- so glad that did not happen. Yeah, and also, Allison, they, and actually, um, Thomas Carter's wife, um, Allison Hannigan, mm-hmm. um, she, his wife actually wanted Allison ha- Hannigan to play her because she looked most like her. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. And also, there was a point which apparently. Um, Jason Siegel, his name. Yeah, yeah, the guy who plays Marshall. He's a big smoker. Uh-huh. But yeah. um, Allison Hannigan could, could stand not it. stand yeah. it. He stopped. So yeah, he stopped because of her. And she, he said, every time you have a cigarette, you owe me ten dollars. By the end of one day of shooting, he owed her two hundred bucks. <laughs> so yeah. Or or maybe maybe so did he stop or did he not stop? It sounded like he just kept smoking. And maybe and one of the other things too about how much your mother too. I didn't know this until I rest. I read up on some of this, but it was. They shot in a silent studio and then played laugh track over it and then showed it to an audience. So it wasn't genuine laughs. Well, they they bounce around so much with the way they tell the story that it's hard to have an actual There's no audience. But but they also shoot the episode in three-day spans instead of one-day spans like most sitcoms do. There you go. Because there's a lot of – like they got to age them. They've got to change their... You, you uh, yeah. see, it's, like... Well, it's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. It's a lot of flashbacks. Oh, my gosh. So many flashbacks. That's pretty much what the show is. It's my flashbacks, favorite thing. flash forwards. Um, well, let's get, in, let's get into your pick. Okay. I want to say, though, one of, one of my favorite things about How My Mother is um, they like to throw 
the spouses of the five original people in there. Yes, so Allison Hannigan's uh, husband is Sandy Rivers. Um, if you don't know who Sandy Rivers, okay. he's a co-host to Robin. Uh, wasn't he and also wasn't her she, boss? Yeah, wasn't she his love interest at one time? Uh, no, Robin, uh, Robin and Sandy Rivers. Like they were maybe going to have a thing, but they really didn't. Uh, Gary Blauman, who is mentioned in the show, is uh, Colby Smothers' husband. Husband. Okay. I don't know if they're still together. And then the funniest one is Barney's husband, who is Neil Patrick Harris, is in the show, and he plays Scooter. That's yeah. Who it's like somebody he is kills that role. That's He's funny. hilarious as Scooter. Um, I like it when they throw in like spouses and like. Um, like uh, the the shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Like not to get off topic, but like The Office. Yeah. Like Michael Scott, he dated a um, the real estate agent that helped him find his condo. That's his wife. That's his wife in real life. Yeah. Ben Stiller's wife was in Dodgeball. She was the blonde in Dodgeball. Oh, yeah. yeah. So cool. she she hated him and stuff like it that. Is I think it's hilarious when they put like to like when I put a couple in a movie or a TV show, yeah. they just can't stand each other. They probably take it's all hilarious. their anger and aggression out in those Dude, scenes. So one of the best by far has got to be uh, Parks and Rec. Um, with oh uh, Ron Swanson and Tammy and Tammy oh. Tammy too yeah Tammy too oh gosh they're yeah they're married She's in real life here. and they're hilarious together in real life and they hate each other on this show well, she is just and a, it's gold she's just a complete <laughs> slut and stuff like that oh my so, gosh yeah. and like Ron like I'm not trying we'll do a Parks and Rec episode. dude we're 100 about... gonna do a podcast on Parks cool. and Rec but yeah, all right let's let's get into this we're running out of time I want to give Matthew all right, ample so opportunity you, to talk. you went season six which I mean. It's not my favorite season. I went season one, episode fifteen, which is game night. Game night. Honestly, like I watch a game season, night. Season one, it starts off a little slow. It picks up. Season one has some of my favorite there, episodes. Yeah, there's some really good. And ones. I, every time I decide to rewatch, for whatever reason, I think those episodes come later in the series, and I'm like, dang, this was season one. Wait, this was season one? And season it's like, two was also real. Season, yeah, yeah the early, early season two, late season one. It's like, I, for whatever, I thought these were like season three and four. Like, this is, these characters seem so fleshed out so early on. Yeah. Okay, so season one, or season one episode 15, Game Night, opens up with Ted narrating, saying that Marshall always wins every game they're playing. He's really good at the games. So you have him screaming gin whenever he wins. He has him, like he throws Yahtzee and he screams it. And then he throws down his cards and yells poker. And he's like, you don't have to yell poker every time you win. He's like, I know, it's just fun to say. <laughs> so he's always wins and they get tired of him winning. So they all agreed that he should be running their game night instead of actually playing it. And which is great because he loves games so much. He came up to like, okay, I'm just going to make my own game yeah. called Marsh Gaming. So he starts naming his, I guess, like, it's like Pictionary and Candyland and Never Have I Ever. And they're like, Bagman, Bagman obviously. He's like, no, Bagman sucks. <laughs> like, I took the good part and left the rest in the trash. Which, honestly, I watched Bagman for the Olympics. It's really entertaining to watch. I don't know why he hates it so much. It's but just a Marshall thing to say. Thing, yeah. Marshall would <laughs> love Bagman if he, he actually would. played. He would. So Ted's obviously like, okay, well, you're meeting Victoria, which is his girlfriend. For the first time. And he thinks that they're going to be the hounding him and stuff like that. So, like, all right. Just no no 20 questions, all right? Yeah. So, 
they all agree that they're not going to like ask the questions and then they get up there and they start playing and he explains the rules and nobody can follow they're so complicated everyone just looks completely confused he's like all right we'll just we'll just play and you guys will pick it up as you go as you do so lily starts talking to barney which is like oh i was at this party the other day barney and the, the host said that she knew you her name was sharon shannon and when she says shannon his eyes get so big yeah and he's like shannon and he freaks out and he just goes back just like normal calm self barney he's like shannon uh he's like yeah i got a videotape and he freaks out again about the videotape he's like where's the tape and uh she's like okay i'll go get it so she comes in and hands him hands him the tape and he goes into the kitchen he just beats the tape with with i don't know what he beats it with in there but he's just on the counter or something just destroys and he comes out with a tape all over him and they're like barney what was on the tape and he's like i guess she'll never know and Lily, the conniving person that she is, she was like, oh, if only I've given you a fake tape instead of, instead of the real one. Oh, wait, that's exactly what I did. And pulls it out of her purse, and he freaks out. And one of the rules of Marsh Gaming is you can't say what. Every time you say what, you have to drink. Then Bar- Barney freaks out and says what, and Marshall buzzes the buzzer and makes up to take a shot. Mm-hmm. And he just downs it. So they put the tape in, and this is probably why I picked this episode, because it's details barney's backstory it is who's my, my favorite, favorite character he's the favorite. favorite he's the best person person on the show but they put the tape in and it just pants to him right in front of a camera with a long blonde ponytail and goatee super just crying he's like a hippie nerd guy. yeah he's like a little hippie nerd he's just crying to shannon he's just like what about us changing the world together and then he starts singing this song in his casio but he storms off with the videotape, and they're just, they can't find him anywhere. So it's like, we've checked the Lusty Leopard, we've checked the Cigar Club, he's off the grid, which you only checked two places. You obviously <laughs> didn't care that much to find him. You didn't even check his own apartment. <laughs> he did everything he could. <laughs> didn't even check their own, his own apartment. But uh, he finally shows up after collecting himself, and they want to know what's going on, and he won't, he, he won't tell him. He doesn't want to bring it up. So they're like, all right, I'll bring it up. If you guys tell me one of your embarrassing stories. Mm-hmm. So Marshall starts and he's talking about when he goes to Lily's kindergarten class to see Lily and none of the kids are there. So he walks in because he has to use the bathroom and he's like, the toilet was a lot smaller than, it, than I'm used to because it's a kindergarten class. Marshall is a giant. Too. He is. He's, yeah. He's like six, five. He's like, he's like for crying out loud, I'm only six, five. <laughs> Uh, so he sits down and he doesn't know that it's a joint bathroom because apparently like little kids have joint bathrooms for their schools. So this kid, little kid walks in on him and freaks out and he runs out into the classroom with his pants around his ankles. Yeah, you <laughs> would kill to film that today. No, absolutely not. No. But uh, the kids walk in right as soon as he does that. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And they call him Funny Butt. <laughs> so Marshall deems his story worthy and all that. So he starts telling his story. And uh, he says it's 1998, and he was working in a coffee shop after college with his girlfriend, Shannon. So Shannon is all like, uh, like I love your singing, Barney, because he's singing on his Casio. And then he just kind of does this little walk to the register. It's like, hey, waving at everybody, the nicest can be. This guy walks in with a suit on. I think his name was Greg in the episode. I can't remember. I think so. And uh, she, Shannon walks away. He's like, no way. Is that your G friend? All right. High five. Yeah. He's like, sorry, only give high twos. So like, he leaves, and they're supposed to go to the Peace Corps to Nicaragua. And Shannon never shows up. 
So Barney's sitting there waiting for her, and he just stops the story. He's like, I, I can't tell anymore. And they're like, okay, well, what if somebody else tells your most embarrassing, their most embarrassing story? He's like, maybe, I don't know. And then nobody wants to go. So Marshall, being the game master that he is, pulls out the twister board. <laughs> I don't know why That's twister's hilarious. involved. And he just spins it, and it lands in, like, in between Robin and Ted, but they kind of like lean over. So Victoria tells her funny story, her most embarrassing story, I mean. And one of the great things, I kind of wish that they would have told the story, because uh, she said it involves a game of truth or dare, a can of marshmallow fluff, and they're a uh, hot tub at her grandparents' retirement community. Yeah. And there's no, there's like, they leave it. And they mind, don't yeah. tell the story. So it's completely up to your imagination of what the story is. And she's like, I've heard some inappropriate <laughs> stories. I'm not telling you this one. Yeah. But it wasn't that good. Yeah. And then it flashes back and everyone's like, oh my God. Yeah. Just like, that's the greatest story ever, I think Marshall <laughs> says. <laughs> um, and Barney calls her, calls her story worthy. So he continues... Um, and he goes back to find Shannon and she says that her dad won't let her go to the Peace Corps because he is still paying, paying for her to live in New York. But she was like, you can, you go on without me. It's only two years. I know we can make it. So as Barney's walking down the street, he decides that Shannon's an adult <clears throat> and that she can make her own decisions. So she goes back to confront her dad because she's going to have a conversation with him later. And it, when he's staring through the window, she, he uh, sees her having a discussion with a man in a trench coat. His back is turned. Yeah, his back is turned. So he doesn't see his face. And then uh, he sees him start to make out. And then everybody at the table says, what? And then Marshall's like, now we all have to drink. <laughs> <laughs> they think she's making out with her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're like, what uh, the heck? So... It picks up to Barney, like, not wanting to continue with the story again. Because he's just trying to get dirt on everybody, uh-huh. which is a complete Barney thing to do. So, Robin tries to tell her slipping in horse poop story as her most embarrassing story. Which everyone knows that because they saw it on live television. <laughs> so, they're like, no, that's not going to pass. We all know that one. Which uh, is great because in a future season, uh, you find out that there are much more embarrassing things like her getting attacked by an owl and all this different stuff. Robin Sparkles comes up in later episodes. That was not going to be the story. No. Uh, well, she is embarrassed about Robin Sparkles. She tries you know, Oh, yeah. She wasn't she gonna, to hide She wasn't going to give that out willingly. No. But Lily decides to take one for the team. She's like, it's for the team, Marshall. So she talks about oh, uh, Marshall's yeah. mom sending them cookies and I don't know what it is about this whole Midwestern thing about putting mayonnaise and everything. But she was like, mayonnaise, I never would have guessed. So she's like, all right, I'll give Marshall a kiss for you, whatever. And Marshall walks phone, in, right? yeah, on the phone. And Marshall walks in and is like, oh, crap, my mom sent cookies? And just bashing them. And she's like, yeah, I know, I wish we had a dog so they didn't go to waste. <laughs> and all this is while, like, they never hung up the phone. So she's still on the line. But, listening but to every... really put the phone down. Yeah, she put she the phone down. She so down. she's listening. And then T- Marshall's like, you know, we got the uh, apartment all to, us, all to, us, all to ourselves. <laughs> what was that accent? <laughs> Midwestern. Uh, that's the Midwestern. Yeah. No. Peas and carrots. No, peas and carrots. No, that's just my stutter. Um, but uh, Lily's like, I'm thinking floor sex. So they go to the floor, and like her mom's like, you see this little line coming across, like her washing, like her eyes are getting wide. And she's like, oh, the floor's cold. Grab that Afghan your mom made. And she's just like... <laughs> freaks out now you know the yeah mom's listening yeah now you know time. the mom's listening and then like it pans to robin she's like the whole time 
And then she's like, the whole time. And Marsh just with his head hanged. Because you know that's super embarrassing for him with it being his mom. I couldn't even imagine. That'd be awful. (laughs) Yeah, like, why wouldn't she hang up the phone? I don't understand why she wouldn't hang up the phone. The whole time. Yeah, the whole time. (laughs) But Marsh was like, all right, well. Uh, we're we in a huge chunk of story right there because yeah. that's both of us. So he starts telling the story <laughs> again, and he's like, uh, Shannon sees him through the window and freaks out, and he's just like, I know uh, it's not right to judge, but grow. She's like, that's not my dad. He was like, that's Greg. We've been, I've been seeing him a couple of weeks. And Barney's like, but I love you. And he's like, yeah, but he buys me all this cool stuff. <laughs> He was like, but I love you. He was like, yeah, but he has a boat. Right. So priorities. Uh, Literally what yeah. he was saying yeah. before, like, get money, get girls. Yeah, you get money, you get girls into discussion. So uh, that night, he still doesn't know who it is, by the way. So that night, he makes that videotape uh, and send it to, sends it to Shannon. And then he doesn't see Shannon for a week later. And she comes in, and she had, like, her hair braided before her, and she was wearing, like, uh, tie-dye shirt and like this like vest and now she's in like a suit a skirt suit with heels her hair is all straight she looks very, very professional he's like oh you came back and he's like i'm just here to pick up my last paycheck <laughs> and he's like did you get my tape as he's playing with like his his hair did you get my tape and then the, greg leans over her shoulder and he's like oh she got the tape <laughs> and he's like it's you and he just totally starts freaking out and then he starts singing the song back to him mm. that he sang in the in the tape, and uh, Barney just loses it. And they, Shannon tries not to laugh, but then she just starts laughing at him. So he storms off, and he's so angry, and he's like kicking over trash cans. And then he gets a flyer shoved in his chest, and then it says uh, "Suit up and save" on the flyer, and it's a it's a sale for a suit. So you just like see this grimacing like look on his face. And then it just starts playing this music. And honestly, like, when I, when I watch this scene with the music that plays, it, I, I automatically go to Star Wars and how, like, Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader. Oh. And, uh, because I even have him, like, whenever he's all dressed and everything like that, and they have him rising up from the salon chair with his yeah. haircut, how they have Darth Vader rise up. And it's, dude, honestly... That makes complete sense, because they reference yep. Star Wars oh, so Oh, yeah, they're, they're huge Star Wars fans. That's, yeah, that's literally probably what they were thinking. But, yeah, I so, like, yeah, and then you that. just see this, like, smirk on his face, and then it just, he walks into the camera, and it goes to black. He does his tie um, thing. Yeah, he does this little tie thing and his smirk that he does. Um, did, did, did he wink or something? He yeah, he did. Winks. He did wink. And then he's, like, he's, like, I'm... I did see Shannon one more time, but I'm going to need one more story to kind of get through it. And they all know it's going to have to be Ted. So Ted's like, okay, all right. Uh, oh, the green testicle story. Which, if you're that comfortable saying green testicle story, it's not, you're probably not your most embarrassing story. Yeah, you've already got it <laughs> like, there's this weird story. Because like, there's this people. weird dude with weirdly sharp toenails and <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. And it's just, who plays Ultimate Frisbee barefoot, by the way? That's just one. But two, Barney would have back in the day. <laughs> but two, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have. Then uh, Barney chimes in. He's like, "That's not the story I want to hear." He's like, "Everyone else is manned up tonight. Why won't you?" So he tells the story of the re-return. And at the beginning of the episode, he tells everybody that he didn't tell his girlfriend Victoria that he was into Robin. 
So and they're trying to like, yeah, they're trying him. to get back. So he tells the story of him. He returned once for already, and he blew it. And he, did I tell this? He tells the story of the re-return of him getting super drunk with Ranjit, who was in the first episode. He, yeah. he keeps popping up, and Barney is like, well, "I'm going to go kiss her right now." And they get there, and right before he knocks on her door, he hurls all over her custom Shabowski doormat. So she hears it, which I don't know why she's doing up at like 4 a.m. Unless she's getting ready for work, I guess. But Maybe uh, she did work. Yeah. Um, like so, like they freak out and they run, and she opens the door and she looks down and it's just vomit everywhere. Tells Ted, like, "Oh, you came, you re-returned for me." And he's like, "I'm, I'm sorry, Victoria, that I didn't tell you this before and all this kind of stuff." And she seems a little freaked out about it. Barney, and then Barney was just like, "Dang, Ted, you really shouldn't have told that story." Because, <laughs> but like, yeah, he's she's like, the, like the dick friend who's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get him to do this." I just like make, well, he, making his life miserable. Ted's like trying to console uh, Victoria, right? Yeah. And it's like I I know this kind of feels like she's like, yeah, yeah, it does. a little bit. And yeah. She's like very reserved, like yeah. Stato. Then Barney was like, "All right, I'll finish my story." It's like. Uh, I did see her one other time. It was eight years, um, eight years after that. And then Marshall does a little quick math in his head. He was like, eight years, that's this year. He was like, not only is it this year, it's tonight. So after the, after when he stormed up off the videotape and they couldn't find him, he went to go see Shannon. And he's like, when she opens the door and realizes it's Barney, he was like, you were such a big part of my life back then. Doesn't make any. You have to know what I've become. Right. So they start talking and stuff like that, and she said that Greg and her dated for a while and then broke up. And he's like, "But here's a real kicker. She's a mom." And then Barney was just like, "What? What, what do I have? Some money in the bank, some one night stands, some suits in my closet." And then <laughs> Lily, thinking that he's getting all emotional, is like, "Just because her life went one way and yours went the other doesn't make yours any worse." And he just looks up. And he's like, "My life rocks." <laughs> Money in the bank, one night stands in suits. These are tears of joy. <laughs> like I could be trapped in some apartment, changing, changing some poopy diapers. Thanks. He's like, but I get to be awesome twenty four seven, three sixty five. The best part. He's like, you let me dodge a bullet, big guy. And he kisses his finger and points up to the <laughs> sky. That's good so stuff. yeah. He's uh, then he talks about how we actually nailed it. He's like, here's here's the. Uh, the regular cherry on top of whatever that is the Sunday that is my life. It's like, yeah. after we talk, I nailed her. And then Lily doesn't believe her, believe him. So he like, he videotapes it. <laughs> and he's like, camera's pretty good on this phone, huh, guys? <laughs> and this was back before iPhones and all this stuff. I think, I think he had a Blackberry at that point. Probably. But, uh, and then at the end of the episode... He was like, I got, got great dirt on you guys. I finally nailed Shannon. I told her I'll call her tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not and, and he's just like, peace out, hombres, which is Greg's catchphrase, I guess, whenever they flash back to 1998. Right. And as he walks away, Marshall's just like, Barney won game night. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Facts. won game night. And basically set Ted and Victoria up for failure. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything if we get into it more, but the whole... Ted, Robin, Victoria debacle well, I think doesn't ever go away. Most of the people that are listen to an episode titled How I Met Your Mother know something about the show. Yeah. So I, I, I doubt there's spoilers, but so, in case. But no. So like, the reason why I Turn chose this episode... Turn it off and come back. The reason why I chose this episode... i the villain of this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're Darth Vader. He really is. But the reason why I chose this episode is because it really shines a light on Barney's backstory and how he became the womanizer that he is, which I just think is great. They did a great job doing it. 
Um, I think the transition of like a complete 180 from how he was and then what he became because of what happened to him. I do like is, when we get to see the like parts of Barney that stay hidden, like get in his background story. I do find it kind of weird because we get other flashbacks of Barney and he doesn't seem like he had that phase, but I don't. I try to I try to think about when we see him in that like age range in other flashbacks and he is doing other stuff and he's like already suiting up or already like in that mindset or like when we meet his well, brother was, and they seem like years. they've been that way. He, I mean he he was like that for eight years before right. the gang even really I guess he six and some change, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came he came around. This was still the first season. It was so. the first season, but they've been friends with him for a while. Well, they um, well, him and Ted met in the first episode. He met him at the urinal. That wasn't the first episode. I think so. I don't know because he uh, does that. Have you met they Ted? Have a, they have an episode about that, but it wasn't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm crossing up some of us. I need to do a rewatch. That's from blah blah. I need to do a rewatch. But... The, only, the only part of that episode I think is funny is that um, when he says that he got having sex with her on video camera. She goes, is your phone still on? And he goes, no, no, it just takes a lot of power down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. I got to chuckle out of that. But... <laughs> other than that, other it's than just that. a copycat. Well, other than that, it was just, I, my, I stand by my opinion of what I said about the last episode that David talked about. It just doesn't really do anything so, for me. Really I think which episode just... did you like more? Which episode was, was your favorite? So I got to chuckle out of game night. But, I mean, there was just them sitting around. The Subway Wars was more entertaining because there was more happening. So if it's a comedy, probably Matthews. Uh, but, also, but entertainment-wise, um, probably David's. So I like your perspective. You said mine was more entertaining. That's all I heard. <laughs> but I got a chuckle out of the Matthews. <laughs> Just at the end there, no. when she was talking about the mine was, mine was more building a person's backstory. It also was. It also was season one which is part of that learning the characters and develop them. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons I settled on the one I picked versus some of these others that I really find very funny is for one, there was no Victoria. And for two, it focused only on the main five characters. So fun fact, if they weren't greenlit for a second season, they were going to make Victoria the mother. That would make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But how would they tell the story with her jealousy towards Robin? Or when did they know they were greenlit? Yeah, how did that work, though? When did they know that they were greenlit? I don't want to spoil anything. Because this was towards the end of season one, where they started. So there's 24 episodes. It's halfway through. So maybe around episode 12 or 13, they realized they were going to get signed off. And they probably did some rewriting. Because um, I think it all really depends season. on how, like, the first couple episodes... Because they end the season... And that doesn't pick up your show right away. They end season one with him back with Robin, or, like, with Robin, yes. making out with Robin yes. and breaking up with Victoria. No, he broke up with Victoria... Uh, like, in the second season? In the first season. It was, like, that okay. night. It was game night. No, it, no, game it night. wasn't on game night, because she had already... She was still living there. She moved so to Victoria, Germany. Victoria's there. She goes to Germany. Yeah. They do long distance for a while. Doesn't work. Cheats on her with Robin. Robin loses them both. Uh-huh. They Robin and Ted have a kind of a lull for a little while, right. which is kind of what was, which is when you meet Sandy Rivers. But that's at uh, the very end of season one. That is not at the very end of season one. Um, and then they kind of have they kind they 
couple of episodes later, they kind of get their thing, and then Ted has a whole rain dance thing where he gets Robin back at the end of season one. Okay, and they make out on the roof or whatever. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, our episodes broke down. I know there's a ton of other great, great episodes of How I Met Your Mother. We just picked two for different reasons. Send us your episodes of what you think is. If you think there's an episode that I would like more than these two episodes, send it to me. Absolutely, we're gonna make we're gonna make Andrew a fan. We need your input to make this happen. But I guess uh, we'll wrap up on that. We're definitely gonna follow up on some of these. I want to do some season breakdowns and stuff. Um, But we got so much other things to talk about. So many other things to talk about. We got tons of other content we need to discuss. We want your input. What do we need to be talking about? What do you want to hear about? Uh, But, yeah, for now, we're going to sign off. Um, Until next time, anybody else got input? No. Good. Peace and carrots. Peace and carrots. Peace and carrots. Goodbye. Later, everybody.